Is it for real? We used to love it, then we watch it now. We don't know if we like it. Is it for real? You're listening to Is Is It For Real? This is Philip. And Katie. And Bridget. Hey, what movie did we watch? That's right. Well, this week was my pick. And this week, we watched the sequel to Home Alone, which is Home Alone 2, starring Mm -hmm. Macaulay Culkin and written by our favorite 80s weirdo John Hughes. (laughs) And directed Um, by Chris Columbus. Yeah. I believe directed Gremlins. I think it's right. We don't say, we don't talk about Chris Columbus anymore. We talk about... American indigenous Heritage Day. Yeah, Indigenous It was peoples. directed by Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, Chris Columbus that. couldn't direct Gremlins 2 because he was directing this. So what an interesting tie-in. He just I walked know. right on over. Um, and speaking of Gremlins 2 tie-ins, uh, the, the person that connected us to one Grant A is, in fact, Jennifer A.R., who suggested this movie and has a fun tie-in. So... Take it away, Jennifer A.R. So we are here with Jennifer A.R., uh, who recommended Home Alone 2. Uh, Jennifer, can you tell us why you recommended it and your very special connection to the film? Well, I recommended Home Alone and Home Alone 2 if you needed to, because <laughs> I saw an opportunity to really just tell a personal story from my past. Uh, so the movie's kind of secondary here, but that didn't seem to be what you were going for. So I just really wanted to talk about my day with Macaulay Culkin. Oh my God, please do. So in 1991, which is right after this movie came out, um, or the first movie came out, I guess, Home Alone, I was the assistant fashion editor at Red Book Magazine in New York. I was 20 years old, um, not quite 21. Um, And we did a very special Stars in Stripes fashion layout that included Macaulay Culkin as the brand new star of Home Alone. So I got to spend the day with Macaulay Culkin. What was that like? (laughs) So he was becoming a pretty major star at the time. And I got to do all of the weird behind the scenes interactions with the studio for Home Alone and his agent. And we had to figure out how to make him happy and want to participate in the fashion shoot. And then somebody had to go actually pick him up and make sure he got to the shoot. So I was designated to take the town car and go to his school, pick him up at his school, and then go to his family's apartment and pick up his dad and get the whole group down to our photo shoot. And it was really interesting at the time. I don't know if people remember, but his family was pretty controversial. There was all the stuff in the tabloids about his dad and conflicts with the studio and that was right in the middle of all of this so we had kind of a couple things going on where macaulay was just a really fun kid he seemed really natural really charming he wasn't really overwhelmed yet i don't think with celebrity um but definitely you know knew he had some special things going on but was really just a kid coming from seeing his classmates at school And then his dad came in the picture and was this really interesting character as well because we got to the photo shoot and the studio had representatives there um, kind of, you know, paying attention to how it was going. And 
his dad didn't want anything to do with them. So he was talking to me. Um, so it was just this really interesting moment to kind of be behind the scenes with that. The interesting things that I remember is that Macaulay Culkin was doing a little riff on sporks because he'd gone to school and had sporks and he kind of went off in this little like tangent about it in the car. And sporks, then his like the utensil, like the utensil. Yeah. <laughs> okay. he was really interested in the fact. It was just really funny to like, a, I guess he was probably nine or so um, to a kid about that. Right. And then his dad, the other interesting thing is that he found out I was from the Midwest and he couldn't stop talking about the Midwest lifestyle. And apparently the studio had rented them a large house in the Chicago suburbs and they had stayed there. And so he had all these like questions and was just really interested in sort of the growing up in the Midwest aspect of my life and, and just talking about how different that was. And I've read since that the family, you know, really lived in a tiny New York apartment. The kids were, you know, didn't, uh, just sounded like they were in these really kind of dire straits. Um, and so I think that had been a really interesting experience. And I think their life obviously changed considerably after that, but it's just, it was just a really interesting window into somebody at that stage of like, becoming famous and getting a taste of all these things. So that that was my day with Macaulay. We had to fun like trying to figure out like what does a nine or 10 year old kid want as a gift? Like what do you send a famous kid? And we ended up getting him these really cool Converse tennis shoes and a video game. And um, you know, just kind of thinking about how you treat a kid celebrity. The other thing I'll tell you is behind the scenes, my at the magazine, our entertainment editor pulled me aside and he said you want to get this kid's autograph because when his life goes down the tubes later on like which it will you know you really like you'll have this opportunity right which just seems so um kind of crass and you know kind of this yeah. window into the celebrity machine um and so just really interesting seeing how people related to him as a person but also to what he represented and, and this kind of celebrity moment in america yeah, totally. Well, did you get his autograph? I did not. I didn't. It feels really awkward. Like when yeah. you're in that situation sometimes, like, you know, I've got to be around a lot of people who were kind of, you know, famous in that way. And there's this line you walk. So I didn't actually do it. Um, and I'm not really sorry about it. Especially I, after he said that, I was like, yeah, I think I'm not going to do that. I'm kind of relieved to know that's the answer. In my head, I was thinking like, how do you ask a nine or 10 year old for their autograph? It feels uh, odd. So Good for you. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was, a, he was a kid. And and then that night he left our shoot and he went with Joe Pesci to some sort of comedy awards where oh, wow. they were receiving some kind of award. So that was kind of the other fun end of the day. That's amazing. Well, I mean, it, it really does. I, I kind of have a million more questions, which um, I we might have to schedule another interview for on uh, this day <laughs> with Macaulay Culkin. But, but quickly... Can you give us a synopsis of um, Home Alone 2? And I mean, spoiler, if you did it for Home Alone 1, it might not be so different. But if you want to give us a quick <laughs> synopsis for Home Alone 2, as much as I how you remember it. This. And so the synopsis I would give is, man, this family and the, the setting at the time you just feel for this child who is again kind of left, but actually I, I get that he secretly is excited to be separated from his family for the holidays. He gets a, a basically paid for trip to New York City, um, which is classic like 1990 New York cities. It's really beautiful. Um, you know, I was living there at the time that it was filmed, I'm sure. And just a beautiful kind of when Harry met, met Sally, 
moment of what it looks like and the, the scenes in Central Park. So he is frolicking in New York City on his own, kind of away from this dysfunction in his family. Uh, and guess who shows up? It's the two guys, who I don't remember their names, um, from the first movie. What a coincidence. And they proceed to try to um, get him and he gets back at them. I found the movie, I don't know that I want to be associated with recommending it. It's kind of rough. Like, you know, you see these things um, and you kind of know who you're rooting for. And, um, you know, a lot of people learn a lot of lessons, although there was Home Alone like three, four and five. So I don't think they really learned it. But, and Catherine O'Hara is the mom. She's kind of amazing to see in that, that era. Um, so if you liked Home Alone one, but you want a beautiful New York City setting and kind of Kevin taking charge in a, a way that he's getting something out of it, I think um, Home Alone two maybe for you. Well, thank you so much uh, for a very special connection to this film and a synopsis. And um, we'll let you know if it's for real. Oh, I love that. I love celebrity sighting stories so much. I have, I just love them. I love Jennifer's retelling of that, especially in this like pivotal moment in Macaulay Culkin's career. Like, I'm sure you guys researched this, but like how much he made on the first one versus the yeah. second one. Yes. And stories about how security at the airport had to be, you know, for the airport scene had to be so different because by this time, the second one, he's this huge star and the first right. one, like some anonymous kid. So I think, I think that story, she's catching him like right at the rise, like in between the two films, which is interesting. I know he made 4.5 million for the second one. What did he make for the first one? 110,000. Oh my God. That's nuts. Still more than... <laughs> some people's on this podcast salary sure definitely <laughs> yes for a year's worth of work mm-hmm. i make more than 4.5 million oh um, congrats man <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, a and a r family they are very interesting people they should just have their own version of our podcast i agree stories from different coasts yeah i agree super too. interesting nice 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 work um, I, I picked this, I get into our levels. I picked this because I am a huge fan of Christmas movies, as I've said before. And Home Alone is like one of my number ones. I always watch it. I love the soundtrack. I love the feel of it. I love everything. Home Alone is, or, or Home Alone. Home Alone. Too. Home Alone. Okay. And I have never seen Home Alone. I had never seen oh. Home Alone too. Oh. So I, uh, my level is going to be Trout Sniffer. Um, because I enjoyed, I, I do enjoy that there's still, it's like a little rough. There's a little like roughness to this family and like how they talk to each other. Uh, and especially like, uh, what's the brother's name? Bart. Buzz. Buzz. I always assume Buzz. Yeah. 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 And how he like talks to, to Kevin. So uh, yeah, I, I had never seen this and I was very pleased to, to watch Home Alone 2 more than I thought I was going to be. I'm going to give myself um, a tilt-a-whirl level because watching this film kind of felt like being on a tilt-a-whirl in that like I couldn't tell what I was remembering from the first one versus what was a recreation in the second one I was like is that a line that he's just saying and I'm remembering from Home Alone 2 or is that a callback to Home Alone 1 um, because I have seen both of these films and now after seeing the second one I have no I, I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen the first or second I have no idea. To me, they are very much blended together. So I give a tilt-a-whirl level. 
Uh, my level is just going to be Toy Store. Um, I've definitely seen home, the first one uh, a few times. Um, shout out to the Sheboygan reference in it. Um, the John Candy so in the first one. Oh, yes, um, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, but all I think I've only seen parts of the second one. And all I can really remember is that there was a toy store. I actually thought the big showdown happened in the toy stores. So shows yeah. how much I remembered. I mean, it's it's eerily strange how similar the movies are. It's like John Hughes kind of was sleeping a little bit and he was like, well, these things worked in the first movie, so I'm just going to put them into the second movie. But I was happy to see that like it was only like technically a year later and that the kids hadn't really grown up that much. And so it still maintained this like youthful innocence to it in a way. Well, speaking of which, they wanted to do film two sequels at the same time. So film Home Alone 2 and Home Alone 3 at the same time. Wow. Uh, just because they knew that the kids were going to grow up so fast. And then the studio balked at that because of the high cost. And oh. of course, by the time Home Alone 3 came along, Macaulay Culkin was too old and then they recast him. But I'm just assuming uh, the kid from Jerry Maguire. I know that's not right. It's but, not. Uh, it's like this yeah. other kid with a bowl yeah. cut. Who cares? Because no one cares about Home Alone 3. So it's the same just gorgeous music in the credits that gives me all the feels at Christmas time. Yeah. And the family's packing in the same frenetic way for Florida this time, except for Harry and Stan. What are their names? Harry and the uncle, the, the wet bandits. Oh, right, right, right. They're not there. You know, in the first episode, the first episode, they're there checking on them. Uh, and we see Kevin, we see Kevin's like, what did we call it last time? The gun in the first scene, but we called it something else. His recorder. Gun. It's Chekhov's oh, gun, really. Chekhov, right? Oh, no, it is uh, Chekhov's talk boy. Is that's right. Is. Chekhov's talk boy. And Which apparently this, that's not an actual, there's no such thing as a talk boy. Well, there was this thing that you could purchase around that same time that did those things to your voice. Because my brothers and I would always make fun of this commercial where this girl and her, her boyfriend were making out on the couch and then the little brother plays a recording where he goes, hi, kids, we're home early. And like, it's supposed to be the dad's voice. Uh, and then like the sister and the like boyfriend are like, oh my God, they're like teenagers. Now I take that back. Uh, a talk boy exists. It was made by Tiger Electronics. I told you. There's something else that, okay. for some other movies. So I, I apologize. All right. Um, so they're... They're going up, they're packing things and they, the kids haven't aged and that same like awful mean uncle is there. Um, he's the worst, that uncle. He is the worst. Like, I don't understand. I, I have a question about like, why are they all together at the Chicago house if they're all going to Florida? Like, why would you do a double trip? Um, and then- yeah, like, um, is the guy, is Kevin's father just, like, floating this family? I was trying to figure out the relation. Are the mother's okay. sisters? I have a feeling, though, that so the, the main uncle's family, I think they uncle live. Uncle Frank. Ugh. Uncle Frank. Ah. I don't think they live as close to the airport as that's the, my That's my theory. As the okay. other family, right? So they come okay. in the night before. All right. I think it's the sisters that are related. You You could say that they're a bunch of Farmer John's. Go on. I don't. Isn't that uh, what's his face's character from 16 
candles. Oh, Farmer, Farmer Ted. Farmer yeah, Ted, Farmer sorry. Ted. A bunch of, oh, I and, see. And to reference another like John Hughes, tra- it does, it seems kind of like John Candy, Dan Aykroyd situation. Oh yeah, where, like, very the, much. The men are brother-in-laws possibly and the women are sisters. And-, and also people who can't get home for the holidays to visit their wife that doesn't talk. Um, <laughs> we, we get the first time that the mom yells, Kevin! Oh, she yeah. loves to do that and they love that in the first movie so she did it multiple times in this movie i was kind yeah. of wanting to see like the notepad of like okay we know we've got to do this 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 and this like what lines do you have to do what pauses what scenes do we have to reenact this it looked like, just like those plans that like macaulay culkin draws with like <laughs> crayons <laughs> But we also, there's a key thing that happens, which is that the dad unplugs the alarm clock. Yes. And in the 90s, like, that's it. Like, if you unplug your alarm clock, well, you're yeah. There's yep. multiple adult, adults in this house. The idea that only one of them has an alarm clock. Oh, yeah. When Uncle Frank is like, I hate to complain because you're paying for, like, the whole trip, meaning for seven additional people. But you guys give the worst wake-up calls. It's like, you have an alarm clock. You have a watch. Yeah, there's so, exactly. I had a Timex Iron Man that totally. and stuff like that. But I, I was also going to say that there's a theory that Kevin's father, who the actor also plays a small role in The Sopranos. Right. And so there's a theory that that's the same character. And so he makes all his money through this sort of like tangential to the oh. New Jersey mob. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Fun but then there's that- another, there's okay. another sibling and I don't know whose it is, which is the really rich people who own a brownstone in New York and in the and a Paris apartment. Well, he that's like the father's brother. Right. But yes, gotcha. he's okay. a sibling. Yes. Um, that's probably the connection to the mob. Yeah. So Uncle Frank is like really mean and he he's he's in the shower, showering with the door open. What like what is up with that? That's just creepy. And singing like a lunatic. Can you imagine like showering at your brother-in-law's house or sister-in-law's house and like singing like a maniac while there's like four children in the house? It's well, they, I, these people I also sing very well. Have so a lot of yeah, children. they have so, so many children. This was this is part of my tilt. Polish work, Catholic. Is like, did did they not do that exact scene in the first one? Like, did they, he record him in no. the shower? No. Okay. It was all the recordings in the first one are all like slowing down and speeding up that mob. It's movie. just that mob movie, which okay. makes another appearance, but it's like a different one. Yeah. Got it. Um, but in this one, he upgrades to having the talk boy. The talk mm-hmm. boy. Which Got gives it. him the ability to slow down, speed up, and record people singing in the shower. So that which they just call happens like, to come in handy later and on. And make hotel reservations sounding exactly like Buffalo Bill. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, uh, Hi, this is a dad. I'm the father. I'm the father. Before we move on too much, we, we also had that little singing recital. Um, oh, yeah. Which oh, I just want to say right. that Kevin is not good enough to be a soloist. And no. that no. prank is not good enough to get a laugh from the entire theater that is part of what makes uncle frank the worst is that he reiterates that that 
prank, which I am using strong quotation marks. Like it is barely a prank, um, which by me, he holds candles next to his ears and starts drumming on his head like an idiot. I mean, Buzz looks like such an ass in front of the whole auditorium. Why are Kevin and Buzz in the same school is is a question I have. Well, is it a school or is it like a church group? It's kind (sighs) of hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Okay. Yeah. but then yeah. Uncle Frank finds it hilarious, and it's like this thing. Yeah, he's he, the worst. Well, what? he's a philistine. He philistine. is. I also want to bring up a really important thing, which is that no one has dealt with Kevin's trauma from Home Alone, the first one. Like, it's like he was almost murdered. He had. He was like, you know, it was really scary, yeah. and nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares. They're like, ha ha ha. You have to sleep in bed with Fuller, who's actually his brother, right? Yeah, right. it's Kieran it's Culkin. Kieran Culkin. But it's he exciting. wets the bed, which is a funny bit. Not um, to promote another podcast, but Kieran yeah. Culkin's interview with um, WTF with Mark Marin, which is our rival. We always compete. Yeah. One. yeah. One, one and two. <laughs> we'll get so you one of these I hate days, to, Mark. I hate to throw him <laughs> some bones here. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, but kind of tying into what uh, Jennifer was talking about, his interview is really interesting when he was talking about being seven kids in an apartment in New York. It, it, it gives you some insight. So I'd highly recommend it. It's pretty cool. Seven McCulkins? Seven McCulkins. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for picking up on that. Um one thing that is a little different about this movie than the first one is that Macaulay Culkin, Kevin, doesn't really like wish his family away this time. It's like in the yeah. first one, it's like very clear that he wishes them away. And this time it's like he that you can't use that as an excuse really for what happens because he it's wishes more just his dumbness this time. Yes. But he also I mean, they reference they reference the last time, which has only been a year mm-hmm. in movie time. It's been two years in the real mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, and Catherine O'Hara is like, maybe you'll get your wish this time. And the wish this time is I wish I could spend Christmas alone. And like, I get you, Kevin. Like if if my family, that treated family yeah. me like Kevin is treated, yeah. I, one of my favorite things, actually, I'll save it for my Hummer. I'll save it. I'll save it. Go ahead. So then we head on over to the airport. And then, of course, they're late. And so I have to rush in and just start all out sprinting. And it's important when sprinting to leave the slowest person at the end and then don't check on them yeah always oh yeah especially when he asks for batteries while they're running and then stops to to put them in his talk boy in the middle of a busy intersection at an airport that i can somehow relate to sometimes i find myself pausing in life to do the stupidest thing (laughs) that i'm just like obsessed with are you macaulay culkin i know i know it's foolish i know i don't I don't blame you or Macaulay Culkin in this situation. It's it's the parents That's and the families. True. You need to have one person at the back yes. and one person at the front. Yep. Yeah. And it's just, that's... Yeah. So Kevin follows the wrong dad is what happens. He yeah. sees a man in a trench coat wrong with a mullet. camel hair coat. And he follows the wrong one. And he, he just, because this is pre-9-11 America, he gets on an airplane without a boarding pass because, of course, he knocks them all out of the They do address hand. that. I mean, they. I was looking, like, they do kind of address, like, but what, but what, and whether Barely. Or not, that is Barely. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, get on and find a seat, which, by the way, right. he would have had an assigned seat. Exactly. With his yeah. parents or with, with his somebody. family. Well, they sit in first class, and the kids always sit in the back. Um, which is from Home Alone 1. Um, and so Kevin, like, 
you know, gets on and he has this French neighbor who's talking to him and like, oh, the French again, right? Like, what I does know. John Hughes have against the French? I don't know. But, but he a fun misses. fact that, oh, yeah. that if you're watching that in French, that is in Spanish. Like when you're oh. watching the film oh, with really? subtitles in French, they do that in Spanish. Yeah. Also, I understand a lot of French and like that man just really didn't say anything. He just kind of repeated himself a lot and didn't really say anything. He said it pretty quick. He said it really fast and dumb. So, oh, yeah. Kevin puts in his earbuds and to listen his, to his talk his boy. His talk buds, yeah. Talk buds. And he misses the information right. that he's flying to New York. Conveniently. Um, so, but mom is on the airplane to Florida and realizes that suddenly Kevin is not there. No, they do not realize it until baggage claim. Uh, oh, you're right. Miami, you're right. I wrote it. I wrote Kevin's it down. Bag- as they pass Kevin's bag down, a little telephone, Sorry. and then back yes. again. And then it's a delayed Kevin. Yes. I'm an awful double. parent. I did it again. <laughs> I'm an awful parent. Oh, my God. I believe yeah. w- was the direct line of what she said. Yes. So Kevin is back at the airport talking to Ali Sheedy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. In the weirdest cameo ever. Weirdest. John Hughes did. Did Ali Sheedy owe John Hughes an extra scene and he had to like cash in on it? Like, I, right. She now? wanted to I be in it. I will drain all of the life from you, Ali. <laughs> all of it. Home Alone was a hit. I yeah, no, no. I... But it's such a weird, it's such a short role. It's just like a strange, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And there wasn't much of a joke there she was just like a little she seemed honestly to be playing it fairly straight for a christmas time flight desk person we have to point out a key plot point which is that kevin has his dad's attache or like man purse which has just like wads of cash in it and credit cards <laughs> and yeah. and the dad just like gave it to him to run through the airport with so that just gives him a little cushion for living his best life in new york where he doesn't tell ali sheedy that he's alone and there's this bit that like was developed in the first movie which is which is molly macaulay culkin being like listen i'm a kid would i be home alone no or I my think parents, right? Yeah. I don't think so, right? Like I think yeah. that line, like I don't, I don't think, think so. so. That became a very. I was listening to all of the things that I'm like, oh, that's why people in elementary school said this like relentlessly. <laughs> but yeah. But also, that's in true. no world would that actually work, you know? But yet, adults ask like such weird, creepy questions to him, which also kind of weirds me out. They're like, "Are you alone? Are you really alone? Do you want to be alone? Do you want to be with me?" You like candy? Oh. Yeah. Ella likes that. Speaking, I think like, yeah, this movie leans a lot on the premise of like adults don't want to, like they don't want it pointed out that they've asked a foolish question. So then they're just, whatever you need, sir. Like, you know, like as soon as he points out that it might be a foolish question, they drop all responsibility of taking care of a lost child, you know? (laughs) Um, And that's pretty much every interaction he has with an adult. Except for Tim Curry, as we see, as he gets to the hotel, who just instantly, and they bill him as like the bad guy, but he's honestly, other than a little bit later on, but he's, he's doing everything right. He's seeing this kid needs, you know, parental oversight. 
Totally reprising so, his role from Clue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is also the first time we've had a three fur in our movies that we've watched. Tim Curry has hit the three fur mark. Oh, nice. Um, okay. It's like an SNL host. Yeah, and we should get him a smoking jacket. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, Macaulay Culkin hails a cab. He has this lovely New York City montage where he's taking Polaroids and just like hanging around the Twin Towers, which did make me feel a little like. Oh, that was like, yeah, I was getting it in my heart a little I bit. I read that they cut that out um, after 2001. They cut that out of any of the TV um, oh. broadcasts and then they put it back in in 2008 okay. or something. Interesting. So it's back in, obviously. There is a scene that made me think of Phil where um, he's walking around and he sees a stilting Santa. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought fun. of you guys like, too <gasps> where you saw yeah. stilting Santa. I wrote stilting Santa, Katie and Phil. <laughs> Although having been a stilting snowman, I think yes. st- stilting Santa just looks weird. It looks too skinny. Agreed. Agreed. It's disturbing. And maybe my stilting snowman no. looks equally no. evil. And... I, knowing the people that thought through that stilting snowman outfit, I feel like, no, I think, <laughs> I think stilting snowman does look like he's desperately trying not to step on things. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, back in Florida with the family and they're trying to figure out things. It's pouring. It's raining cats and dogs. Um, it's just a miserable time to be in and Florida. They're at the shittiest hotel in the world. Yeah. Um, Why? If they have all this money. I don't understand. Well, I think the premise is because Uncle Frank, the wonderful Uncle Frank says it didn't look this bad on our honeymoon. So I think that he was like, let's stay at this place. It's great. That's Not also really. a trope to that other movie we watched. Mm, the Great Outdoors. Where yeah. they go back to their honeymoon spot. Yeah. Good point. Um, so Kevin ends up at the, the fish market in New York City. And uh, we see the wet bandits. And they're just like out of jail, like living their best life after all of the terrible murder like they didn't do murder so. yeah it says that they escaped on that newspaper escaped in a prison riot and you're like whoa <laughs> i know intense <laughs> and then they chose to i assume traveling from like chicago to there in a fish truck yeah um which would be miserable Awful. oh my god can you imagine Smelly. so cold no just just the sheer coldness of it would be so sucky Maybe they were with John Candy and he lightened it up the mood. That's what I'm going to pretend. Marv introduces that instead of the wet bandits, they're going to be the sticky bandits because he puts his hand covered in tape into a Salvation Army coin thing. Um, I mean, they they are... delightful physical comedians like yeah they commit they they commit so hard i mean to everything daniel stern like daniel stern is amazing like i i actually was like really having like a little fan moment about just his physicality and his comedy and like i i just think it's really funny it's like genuinely very funny even though the things that are happened to them are genuinely awful good um So Kevin like uh, ends up and he uh, finds the pigeon. Wait, what did I write? Kevin gets around better. Oh, I wrote Kevin gets around better than me in New York with without a phone. Like he's like got like, this map and he's like, oh, I can find my way around New York. Like no problem. Like I, I know there's a line later that the father's like, I wonder if he'd know enough to go to my brother's house. And it's like, 
I can't like the idea that your 10 year old son would know enough to yeah. go like what, how, how well, the address he... book is in the attache. He does. Yeah, I mean, I know that attache. that's, it is, it's just so <laughs> nuts to expect that, but yeah. I have been to New York many, I don't know, maybe not a hundred times, but at least close. I don't know. And like, I still get lost there every oh, time. God. I mean, yeah. it's one of those confusing grid systems. So. It is. <laughs> it is longitude and latitude. <laughs> we also get to meet the old man of this movie, which is the pigeon lady. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Based on the character from Mary Poppins. Yeah, um, I read that. Like the bird lady. All right. Yeah. So um, I feel this lady has murdered more people. Like she seems jolly, but there's a there's a coldness in her eyes and she's yeah. she's killed at least three people. This is, this is an intense this yes the, this whole character is really and she feeds them to the pigeons oh, i can't even tell you disposes of the body if you want to know when i fell asleep in this movie it was during the hour-long conversation she had with kevin later on yeah oh my boring. god um so boring and so unnecessary so uh kevin and the wet bandits just like happen to bump into each other crossing an intersection as you do yeah. in new york city uh, and then Kevin bumps into another asshole, Donald oh, yes. J. Trump, uh, yeah. the president of the United States of America for hopefully only 20 more days or so. Because, yeah, he just begged for cameos and movie roles back in the day all the time. Yeah. That was a stick of just like doing these small little roles. And Fun shout out to Macaulay Culkin. I read that even though um, he, as a now 40-year-old, doesn't... Um, make his political views known much he did tweet something like home alone one is much better than home alone two because it has a hundred percent less trump that's kind of fun oh that's cool yeah um so kevin calls the hotel using his audio boy what did you call it talk boy talk, talk boy, boy. Um, using michael j fox's voice from teen wolf <laughs> <laughs> i do have a question and maybe this is like a john i think it's like a john hughes thing like that adults are just like so mean to kids i know like yes i i don't think they would all be this mean and snobby and snarky i had the same question and i didn't tie to john hughes but i was like was this like a 90s trope that ki- that um, it reminded me actually a little bit of Adventures in Babysitting as well, mm. where adults are just like screaming at kids. Yeah. It's more of the scene where he's like lost at night in New York and it turns into a nightmare. Yeah. Um, oh, but, God. Yeah. Yeah. But it is like adults like, um, yeah, eventually when they're I don't know, we'll get to it. But when like he's being chased down the street by these two like bandits, it's like. Is anybody going to help this? Kid? I know nobody like, helped him. Yeah, the mean the meanness to kids thing, and just like the like resenting that they're alive seems so bizarre. So we, as Philip mentioned, we get to see Tim Curry um, and Rob Schneider as the bellboy, and uh, they run Kevin's dad's credit card on the old timey credit card machine, which yes. was like. I had to explain that to my seatmate because I don't oh, think I was familiar to him. Not because he's younger than me, but because I don't think he had a credit card and was running it on one of those. Um, and then Kevin um, goes to the suite with Rob Schneider, the fancy hotel suite. And he says one of my favorite lines, which is, I'm 10 years old. TV's my life. True. I'm like, that's true. Then, of course, Rob Schneider expects a tip afterwards because you would always expect a tip from a 10-year-old. Right, right. Um, yeah, everybody's just treating it like it's super normal. Look, what, what do you have there? 
I got a little doggy. She is being. Uh, oh, it's a dog. I couldn't see it behind your microphone. Cute. Oh, there we go. Oh, you got a dog in the podcast. Ella, the she, dog, uh, yeah. just licked um, Phil's <laughs> headphones. Just so everybody who's watching Amazing. this in their yeah. imaginations can when, imagine. Yeah. That. When the baby's asleep, she has a better chance of vying for our attention, even though we're oh. trying to give her as much attention as possible. Yeah. She knows she's second class now. Yeah. That's adorable. So um, Macaulay Culkin suddenly has like a too big for him bathing suit and flippers, which I don't know where he got them. I assume and- it's just like <laughs> random clothes from his dad's attache. Yeah. But it wasn't that big. And like, we well, just have flippers in his attache, which he wears to the indoor swimming pool in the yeah. hotel where a woman is like laying out like she's under the sun. And I don't understand that. <laughs> And he jumps into the pool and then his bathing suit falls off, which is very creepy. Which had to happen after a cannonball. Because I was like, it's the mechanics don't work. It is the wrong. And then, like, yeah, like when you swim away. Yeah. Yeah. Because if he had dove like he was originally planned for, yes. For sure. Bathing suits off. Yes. We get to see the talk boy in action because uh, Tim Curry comes up to the hotel room and says housekeeping to spy on macaulay culkin he sets that little ruse up real quick he must have yes like he must have already set that up like that is a full-on marionette you have to blow up that doll which i'll tell you take at least like 15 minutes um and then my question is doesn't tim curry think that he sees a muppet in the shower (laughs) Like Should a- we mention that it's convenient that earlier in the day or whenever that was that Kevin was given an inflatable clown Clown. to swim on in florida to go to florida yes and he has that with him. he just happens to have that in the attache right so he blows that up and like as a as kind of a throwback to home alone one there's mannequins there making it look like a rocking around the christmas tree as i recall right um and this is where i'm like is this like what what is what from what movie but um yeah, Tim where did he get just, those strings? I don't. It's it's. it's but Tim Curry just yelled at by a Muppet and then leaps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is the uncle's voice yeah. in the shower, right? And then Kevin has this like very like American Tale somewhere out there moment with his mom. Right, it's very viable, but like, just call the police. You can yeah. get there. You know, you know where she is. Like, right. it's kind of this weird decision that he's like, do I want to just keep on being a bachelor in New York or do I want to be with my family? bachelor in new york so yeah. off we go to the next day right so instead of going home to his family he hires a limo uh or they give to, it give him one they for give free it, they give him one and then he requests a pizza a cheese fucking pizza which i, <laughs> right. I just had a note like what kind of monster orders a cheese pizza when they have a choice of anything but that's a I, bit from the first movie yes is, is, that oh, he, is it? he doesn't get to eat cheese pizza. They always order like toppings and he just wants to have cheese pizza. Well, he's and a monster then. As a monster, I couldn't relate harder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did yes. want to eat cheese pizza though after I watched that scene for some reason. Like when he opened, Rob Schneider like opens the box and it's like steaming on the sidewalk. I was like, yeah. I will Pizza's say, great. Yeah, I know what you mean. I fully expected it to be pepperoni, but I will never forget how Tim Curry says the word pizza. We have a limo and a pizza. Like as if he's never heard of it. As if he's pronouncing like this totally foreign <laughs> word. So funny. So Kevin like, has this like day oh i love the editing that happened between tim curry's face and the grinch's face in the oh yeah that was nice 
Um, he looks because, so much like him. It's so crazy. I know. Because he realizes then that Kevin's credit card comes up stolen. Yes. Because the dad puts like an alert on his cards. Um, so you know where all good criminals make their best plans, which is at an outdoor ice skating rink. Where they're stealing random mittens off of kids, which I kind of love. Like, I love that they portray them. Like, Daniel Stern is just a klepto. Like, he just needs to steal at all hours. There's, like, a list of everything he stole in the movie. And it's, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. They make the really clear, important plan. They're going to rob a toy store on Christmas Eve because nobody would expect it. They're going to Not a bad that. idea. Yeah. Yeah. I had to have my, I had to have Annie ICU run that. I'm like, wait, why is it? And yeah, she's like, it's like the highest of the low. Like (laughs) it's the most you could get from the mid-level stuff. I'm like, yeah, kind of makes sense. So we get to see the toy store, which is where Kevin goes. And I have to say like, it did give me like a little like Christmas joy there. They have all these like awesome displays. It's very magical. Is it supposed to be FAO Schwartz or is it just? I think so. I think they couldn't, yeah, they couldn't do FAO Schwartz. So they made up like, what is it called? Like Duncan's Toys? Or oh, yeah. It's, uh, where is it? Uh, it's Duncan's Toy Chest. But the way the sign is on the front, it makes it look like it says Toy Duncan's Chest. Which just <laughs> makes me think that there's a very, very small Duncan that has a chest. Of toy something. Duncan's Chest. That's it's toy like Duncan's that meme chest. of that cat. You guys have seen it. There's like a cat who reads things that way. Yeah. And then there's like two women from the Real Housewives that read it the real way. Anyway. No. Our, our fans and listeners will know what I'm talking yeah. about. I really um, love this toy store, but I'm going to say, like, I don't know how excited a 10-year-old Macaulay Culkin would be about this toy store because it's all wooden. It's just, like, train sets. Like, there's no electronics. There's more. There's other stuff there. Well, mm-hmm. he also gets yeah. the best gift, and this goes back to what uh, Jennifer was saying at the beginning of what to give, like, a 9-year-old boy. Right. Yeah, totally. like Converse and a video game. No, you give them turtle doves. Turtle doves. That is what they're going to freaking love. Turtle Were doves. you guys always so disappointed when, like, your parents' friends would give you gifts and it was, like, a Christmas ornament? And it's like, <laughs> What? So if you could put this in the tree now and I can't even see it till next year. Are you kidding me? Great. Thanks. I know. I'm like, he's like, pick anything you want off Off this tree. tree. (laughs) (laughs) Masquerading as a generous man. I know. Another like 10 minute dumb story about turtle doves, you know? Oh yeah. Though, which is not true. I don't think, but yeah. And instantly I was like, that's the owner. 100% 100% that's the owner. Yes. Before I didn't know shipped. that, but good job, you guys. Or the wizard from Wizard of Oz. So Kevin exactly. gives him $50 out of his dad's wallet and because it's going to the children's hospital. Actually, though, do you guys recognize him from Wally World? He's like the, he's Wally from um, National Lampoon. Uh, I did not. But okay. I really, I do really enjoy him. I think he's such a magical little man, but yes, he's Aww. obviously the owner. Yeah. So he so, is a toy Duncan. He is. Kevin, he's a toy Duncan. Kevin and the wet bandit see each other on the street outside of there. And Kevin screams uh, and runs away. And then because the wet bandits are gluttons for pain and punishment, they follow him. Why? Why follow him? Why instigate? He, he, he like really hurt them. Well, I couldn't. Yes. Is it just pure revenge? It's pure revenge, right? Because now it's like, it's not like they're worried he's going to turn him in again, but he is the reason that they went to prison. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. So, you know, this whole like scene happens where Kevin like runs away. He goes back to the hotel, like the staff follows him up there because the credit card and he plays like the murder video. Right. And they think they're being murdered. 
Uh, and then Kevin runs out the back door straight into the arms of the wet bandits. Um, and it's like, ugh, of course. But then he pinches a lady's butt. Gets, oh, right. They're gets, like the stereotypical 90s right. oh, rich yeah. New York woman. Yes. It's basically Ivanka Trump. <laughs> Which we see them again. So New York City is basically a town of 30 people. I know. I know. The character is just like replay. So um, Kevin goes to his uncle's house, which is... And I mean, we should say at this point, Kevin should call the police. But I guess yes. they kind of set it up where he's committed credit card fraud. So he thinks... He doesn't know that, though. Well, they yeah. did. They told him he was, like, in trouble. Oh, yeah. But it is just kind of, like, at this point, like, the fun is over. Like, he is not having fun anymore. How about we call the police? Because I get that cell phones don't exist. Like right. without cell phones, you get a day in New York, sure. Right. But yeah. <clears throat> but Kevin, you know, he has this whole like nightmare experience in, in nighttime New York, which features like you mentioned, like maybe some folks who are like experiencing homelessness, some sex yeah. workers, like everybody's like yelling at him. So I've got um, one question, driver. like the cab driver. Is that a real cab driver? Is this like some like demon man who's just set up shop in an abandoned cab. I'm just thinking of the cab driver from Scrooged. Scrooged. I think I that know. would have been more pleasant than this guy. Because he even and like... I think he was real. He was just creepy and mean. But he's mm-hmm. self-aware of how terrifying he is. Yeah. Because like, w- better here. It's right, like, yeah. Like he even... It's just a weird self-awareness. But yeah. And then Kevin runs and sees the bird lady and he screams and like somehow tells her his full name. I don't know why he does that at that point. Um, So he leaves the park with the bird lady because now he trusts her. And they go to, of course, the symphony, as you do. Right. As because it's a rule. They have to allow at least three different pigeon ladies in each major theater in new york City. i know and it's it's like not it's unclear is like does she live there or she just kind of like knows how to get in yeah and if she doesn't live there like maybe she should because like right. where else is she, she sleeping warm and cozy and there's um, like props everywhere and then when while you guys were sleeping like i, I slept heard, big time <laughs> through or, this whole Bridget scene was sleeping um she explains like I mean, this is a really rough result for being broke up with. Like he, she uh, basically says, like she was someone broke up with her. No, oh. didn't see it coming. Oh, and then now she's a total bird lady and like won't doesn't want to give anybody. A I missed all of that. <laughs> kind of rough. Um, I missed all of that. All I wrote over and over again was like, this scene is way too long. It's like way too long. Why is the scene so long? Um. <laughs> And then, and then Kevin is like, yeah, I don't know what this, I'm just going to read you what my note says. It says, Kev says, oh, sees sick little guy, realizes you can't fuck with kids at Christmas. Oh yeah. That's, that's. Yeah. Like these, um, this children's hospital is really in a, like an abandoned building in in the middle of New York city. It just looks like an abandoned church where they're now keeping sick children. So that's like the bigger and problem. How did, really. Like he on the street makes specific eye contact with that one sick, cute little boy in his robe. I up know. In his room. Can't mess with kids at Christmas. So um, Kevin's like gonna go set up an elaborate plan. Here's what I'll say though. Ruin that, like at this point, he knows that the, 
Now, sticky bandits are going to rob the toy store, which yeah. the money usually goes to the children's hospital. He knows what they're going to be. He knows what they're going to do. To not call the police on them at this point is sociopathic. Because like he's, he's a sadist. He's a sadist. Yeah. He's not a good guy. Like, this is nuts to, like, yeah. to it's do not the, good. the most Hail Mary pass of yeah. getting these guys. It's not, not good. good. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, back at the hotel, all the family is there. Of course, Kevin's not there. It's just like the family made it to the hotel, but they can't reconnect. The mom like tries to go to the uncle's house, but she just misses Kevin. Yeah. I was reading that Catherine O'Hara, um, kind of made them add scenes to show that she was concerned because she was worried that the mother was not looking concerned enough. So there's Mm. like the scene where she talks to the police officer of like, what would you do? And, and say, I think she also... I recognize this when she said this line. She's like, I know he's fine. I know he's okay. I just want to be with him, you know? And I think she's trying to justify, like, <laughs> I'm not afraid that my child's been murdered because, like, he's even a psychopath. Just, he, he is a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> but the question is, like, why did they even stay in Florida for that long? Wouldn't you just fly right back to Chicago? You know, like, anyway. It was yeah. storming, Katie. Ah, yeah, it was storming. Um. So Kevin. You know, the, the wet bandits robbed the toy store, so, sort of, I guess. Did they get the money or Kevin yeah. was? Yeah, I think they got the money. But Kevin took photos of them um, there and then set off the alarm by throwing a brick through the building. With a note. Is, yeah. With a <laughs> note, which is just the start of the many bricks he threw um, at Marv's head from the top of like a four-story building. Each uh, brick would have <laughs> killed him. Right? They, they did science science magazine or something. They did this like um interview with a neurosurgeon that was saying like at best severe brain damage. Yeah. At worst, death. You guys <laughs> Most out- likely death. Do you yes. guys know what out school is? No. Mm-mm. So it's this like uh, company that hires instructors to teach all kinds of different things. And the idea is like hey, kids, like you want to take a cool class on like guitar or painting or I saw one advertised on my phone for like learning how to set like pranks and prats like Home Alone. (laughs) And I was like, why would you purchase that for your child who will then murder you with bricks? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. I do like how they started off with like the the least complex trick, which is just winging a brick at someone yeah. you know Met no sort of bricks. setup no no sort of like it's just like it's, yeah. you're down there i'm gonna let gravity do all the work and just eat but bricks. his head would be like gushing blood right i mean it'd be, it'd be caved in it okay. would be caved in all right i just want to make sure i don't know a lot it's about nuts. that but that's no what it's i mean this part i was really i i got i kind of forgot i was like maybe this movie they don't torture these guys that much i can't remember and then as soon as the brick i'm like oh here we go yeah Here's looney tunes level violence on real humans big time that has looney tunes consequences and as a kid my parents were always i think it was from home alone one they were so appalled and they really made it it was kind of miserable to watch this movie with them as a kid because they were just like this would kill you this would kill you this is terrible oh 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 like they were just like How? they hated it i mean you can imagine they, yes, they did i that, can though. literally imagine yeah. having this conversation with your father yeah um. absolutely <laughs> absolutely i mean you have exactly so it was even hard to watch it i felt guilty even watching this like what in my calculation is a half an hour yeah. of these two oh men. it's long so should right. we go through some of the things so sure yeah staple gun to the butt crotch and face Yep. Which that doorknob um, string is way too long. I don't know why he right. made 
Stop I'd be like and say, oh, this is a trap. Like, all of I'm it, not... yes. Almost Fa- all of it. Yeah. Falling falling through a whole story, a whole floor. That's I just true. have many falls. I decided yeah. not to count the falls. So okay. many falls. So that many was the first bricks, one I wrote down. So many down. paint cans. A yes. bag of wrenches into your head. To the head, yeah. Uh, slipping on green, goopy, slidey stuff. Yeah. Uh, being electrocuted. Electric um, sink, yeah. When you can see your skeleton because you're that electrocuted. Right, yeah. Um, getting lit on fire by a toilet tank with kerosene and blowing up. Kerosene, right. I mean, Ex- explosive up. toilet. Yeah. Yes. Okay, but then I wrote, I fell asleep again. Okay. So what happened? After this? So we had wow. cement bag to the face, which okay. is basically about eighty to a hundred pounds. It looked like a hundred pound bag of cement. Yeah. Um, then a huge like piped metal pipe to the face yeah, it's like a bollard like that they swing down and then okay. that was like multiple yeah. times because it yeah like, um, he like cuts it loose oh yeah Ugh. uh tool chest down the stairs oh. which is another long string at, at they've already been tricked by a string so you would think that this second string wouldn't quite get them mm-hmm. and again it's guess it's part of the joke that it's like 10 seconds of sound coming towards them and they stay there yeah wondering what it is that literally makes their nose crooked like it's made of like putty like what like what world are we in and then we have the kerosene rope oh um and i think that's that's the last one at the house okay and then the next thing i wrote was the birds attack yep exactly bandits Which is interesting because I was reading saying that Daniel Stern is like, it was horrifying. A bird went in my mouth because they like (gasps) really did that. They like really covered them with bird seed. But when you're watching the um, footage of it, the birds just look to fly right past them. It's really interesting. When you watch it, they're like, they're just going past them. But it's still, I mean, have you ever had a bird like buzz your head? uh, Like it's loud. I mean, you, you, it. It's kind of startling. So I could imagine oh, yeah. like hundreds of them would be pretty Oof. scary. Yeah, totally. Um, so the police come and, you know, to the toy store and Kevin's left the note. Um, and Mr. Duncan finds the brick. And meanwhile, like mom is like going to the place where you'll always find a kid. Times Square, just in the middle of yeah. New York City. Yeah, this whole, I mean, that was like the whole Chekhov's Christmas tree, I guess, at the beginning. Where it's like, right. what, what is it with you and Christmas trees? You know? Right, right. And that's where he went because he knew exactly how to find the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center. Right. Um, and it's like 4 a.m. And his mom is there just like waiting for him, which is like after so nice. After a police officer tells her that she's basically looking for a needle in a haystack. Yes! Oh yeah, I wrote that. Oh cop God. says looking for a needle in a haystack. Like, come on, unhelpful cop. It is a interesting. Dead he, needle in a haystack. I know. Right, and then, most likely. And then he's at that Christmas tree and he's like, if I could only just see her for two more minutes. It's like, call the police. Like, she's not dead. You know. It's just an interesting that's like the other thing that they had to keep exactly the same from Home Alone One is like at Home Alone One when she comes home, he pretends to be mad at her and she thinks that he might be and they have this pause. And at this one they have to do the same thing and it's right. like this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. No sense whatsoever. Um and so back at the fancy hotel, it turns out that Mr. Duncan has sent them all Christmas presents from the toy store. Don't you wonder who gets what? Yeah, right. Because they're just, just open. They're just ripping into them randomly, like a bunch of hyenas. And they're all just wooden blocks. Yeah, <laughs> they're all turtle doves. They are all turtle doves. <laughs> oh no! It just boxes and boxes of turtle doves. <laughs> and then they realize that Duncan is just insane. Yeah, he's just obsessed with the doll. Uh, Buzz Buzz almost swears in front of the family. 
yes um, so this is a very heartwarming moment and heartwarming. then as is tradition no one ever notices that kevin is gone so he kevin leaves he leaves into central park which is quite close to the plaza hotel to give a turtle dove to the bird lady he should have given her money what is she gonna do with that i kind of do though because he's like he gives her a turtle dove and it's like as long as you have this and i have this we'll always be friends and i'm like please please create a love actually style love actually too of like where this woman and macaulay culkin are present day like i need them to meet on a bench in new york and be like what a sh- what a crazy couple of decades, right? <laughs> How nuts! Uh, <laughs> and they catch up. Love you it. never called. Oh, yeah. Oh, just because it's here in my notes. Uh, the German title of this is Kevin Allein zu Haus, which is just Kevin alone at house. Oh, you know, oh, at the yeah. house. Is that like Kevin Allein zu Haus? what is it i guess we do yeah yeah okay nice i love that kevin's name is the feature in the title because like wow okay i think there was a working title that was going to be like alone again right what they were going to call it yeah but it it's is it officially home alone 2 lost in new york yeah yes okay got it revenge of new york and that's the film you guys Whew. We had a few questions come in on our Facebook page. Uh, if everybody wants to check out our Facebook page, it's facebook.com backslash. If you've is heard it for real. It. You might be um, good if, you, if you've ever heard of facebook.com. If you've ever heard of facebook.com, that's the first place you go. And then you put a backslash. If you need to know where that is, it's by the question mark on your and keyboard. It's- it's the top of the slash that's actually backwards. <laughs> that always confused me. Of like, I know. Well, how do you know? Like, which is forward it slash forward, backslash? Yeah, it should be like forward leaning slash. Yeah, it's because the, because the slash is like whoa, yeah. and it's Look leaning out. back. He's Keanu Reeves in it, you know. Um, so we had a question from Jennifer L. Um, which Jennifer L. L. Um, which is at what point we kind of talked about this, but let's be specific. At what point would Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern have actually died as a result of the physical comedy scenes? Can I, can I note that the first person that would have died is that piano teacher, um, the piano. Oh my God. At the concert that gets hit by a a Christmas tree and falls. And so that woman is dead. She's Um, dead for sure. So she's the first person, but at what point, I mean, Daniel Stern, certainly with the brick. Right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, Joe Pesci, they, one of them could have died at the little bead fiasco when they first see them and chasing after them. That's yes. true. Yes. I was thinking that like, too, because that's the slipping. Falling back and hitting yeah. your head on concrete I'm gonna, can kill you. I'm going to take it back even further to say one of Ooh. them could have died in that frozen fish <laughs> yeah. truck. They both died in they, they both died in that fish truck. Yeah, right. That's and, that's the and, answer. And I'll tell you where Joe Pesci definitely dies is when he he jumps out of the window under the seesaw. And then Daniel Stern jumps onto the other half and Joe Pesci flies like half a mile into the air. <laughs> Do you remember this? Uh remember I remember just, my yeah. astrophysicist yeah. wife. Yes. <laughs> next to me being like that's not how that works. <laughs> no, it's not. How it works is Daniel Stern breaks the two by four that they're standing yeah. on, and they both just look at each other. But, yeah. but also, like, 
how did Daniel Stern never looks at his feet when he walks anywhere and he just happens. Is it, is he the one that steps on it or Joe Pesci? Either way, it's, a, it's amazing that it's perfectly aligned. What an oh, elaborate thing. It's a game of um, mousetrap. We have another question from Annie W, who I believe is Annie ICU. Yes, she masquerades, uh, but as she Annie masquerades w. as Annie W. Yes, uh-huh. which is um, is is his Macaulay Culkin's uncle's house renovation done, and when can I? I believe that's her, not me. Uh, move into that brownstone in New York City. Mm-hmm. Well, fun fact is like the brownstone stuff was actually filmed on the back lot uh, in LA called like oh. Brownstone Alley or oh, something. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I also kind of um, probably not coincidentally was wondering like um, they're, they're like, aren't they doing renovations? And you look and it's like gutted. Like their whole house is just totally Completely gutted while gutted. they're in Paris for a decade. I don't know. <laughs> Like yeah. how long are they going to be there for? That's some that's some pretty serious renovations. Also, it's it's very like haphazard, like gutting. We're just going to put one hole here. It's like money pit style. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. Totally. totally. Um, I I did have another question from Annie ICU though, which was, um, is it realistic in 1992 for Kevin to hop a flight like he did? Like, do we think that he could actually? start in chicago follow the wrong man and and end up in new york yes i think it's very much possible i think yeah, so too i think so Who, what was i watching it was something or a tv show or movie where kids were talking about like just jumping on flights and going places was that something that we watched but anyway i think it was definitely possible in an early yeah. time period. i've had friends that have done that i know molly shannon did that in the story yeah. that she tells like i think i think maybe it was that's what like- i'm thinking about molly shannon I think it's like hop in a train or pre 9-11. I think it was kind of like sneaking on a train. Yeah. You yeah. could just like show up. Yeah. At an airport and like pretty go pretty far into an airport. Yeah. So, um, all right. So is that all of our questions this week? I think so. All right. I think I, I then I any. believe it's time for Hummers, Bombers. Bum, 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 bombers. I thought you were going to play a maraca there, Katie. What was that sound? That wasn't me. That was Phil, wait, who played it? It was Phil. Oh, it was Ella. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If we could have Ella do our music. Incredible. <laughs> um, let's start with Dummers. What's dumb in this movie? Okay. I, I've got one. Go All right. for it. Um, so uh, Macaulay Culkin's on the roof and the wet bandits or the sticky bandits are in front and they say, throw me your camera so they uh, can then yes. get rid of the evidence. And it's a freaking polaroid camera right which it's you know he's got the photos in his back pocket you know yeah it just that is dumb i'll leave it at that um i'll you know i have some i mean we've talked about just these these two criminals are unkillable and you know all of the unrealism but i'll go for like a very specific dumber of um when they're on the ground and um in Central Park covered in birds and bird seed. And um, Macaulay Culkin has gotten the police there by fireworks. That's how they know where they are. All they need to do to get the birds off of them is shoot one gun in the air. But like all of these fireworks have already gone off right. all yeah. around the birds. I'm like, why wouldn't they have scattered with the fireworks? Um, which is- Birds know the uh, difference. They Yes, they can, they can tell the difference. So yeah, I thought that was dumb. I'm going to just go ahead and say that the staff that works at that fancy hotel is like really dumb. 
they yeah. they're they're not very good at things and they like run into each other in a very comical way when kevin's getting in the elevator and they like hurt themselves and then they're just like terrified of of like what they think is like a man who's going to shoot them in the hotel right yeah uh, also, I, I did want to talk about that little moment there where everybody comes out of their hotel rooms and they're all like leaning on their knees like, what's that? There's been a shooting in the hotel. There's like people in their bathrobes and stuff. But anyway, yeah, I just right. think the and, staff of this hotel needs. And the, the third person is Maggie Smith, right? No, it's another actress. No. Oh, it's really? another actress okay. but yeah, but she's been she in looks... other things. She okay. does look like her. She could be I like Maggie Smith's daughter. Yeah. I know the idea that you can't tell the difference between like a videotape and actual gunshots is a privilege. <laughs> Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty nuts. Um, yeah. Are we, we're on bummers. bummers. I have a bummer that kind of ties into that. Um, my bummer is this film noir that <laughs> oh, good point. Kevin yeah. is watching. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think the one is like the filthiest angel and one is like even filthier angels or something. So that's <laughs> funny. But like, you know, it's just total violence against violence, violence, violence against women. women yeah. Um, really gross. It's really gross yeah. if you watch that film. It's terrible. And I was reading that Christopher Columbus like did research, like watched a bunch of 30s and 40s noir to get this right. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, like God. Anyway, it was a bummer. I was like, I don't want to see this movie at all. I'm kind of just bummed out by like the fact that like, again, it doesn't feel like anybody's expect, like nobody helped Kevin through his trauma or even like asked him what happened to him really the last time he was home alone. They just all seem to like have gotten over it. And then they're just moving right into having another family vacation. Um, but like, he d- it doesn't seem to have been dealt with. And I think he's he's experienced some some traumatic things that are going to come to haunt him later on in life. So I hope they yeah. deal with it better this time. Right. Yeah. Uh, mine's going to be simple and sweet. Mine is Donald Trump. I just oh. I got, I was annoyed, but I knew it was coming and I was yeah. just annoyed by it. I was glad it was as brief as it was, but I was oh, still yeah. just like, God damn it. Yeah. It's awful. And he pointed out, I think it was a fun fact um, nothing fun to do with him ever, but um, a fact that he says, like, he asks him where the lobby is or something, and he's like, go down the hall, turn to the right, and then Kevin, like, goes down and just turns to the right, left, and he's right there, and she's like, Donald Trump is a liar. <laughs> like, he yeah. literally lied about where the lobby was. <laughs> like, he can't, he cannot say anything or be useful in any way to anybody ever. <laughs> I love that um what's what's your hummers uh, i can go first on this one yeah. i think my hummer really is um the physical comedy I, I i'm upset at like how how those two bandits like would have been dead but i do really 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 enjoy the physical comedy of it all as we said like all the pratfalls all the silliness like all of the like like ser- like watching him get hit in the head with those bricks was actually really funny like knowing that he wasn't gonna die sure. but like him falling and like reacting and like the like mistaken little moments where like pesci should have been hit in the head and then marv marv gets hit in the head and anyway, i just i just really enjoy that it's like if you just, just suspend all reality and know that it's a shit show 
I mean, at some point you do accept that they're just unkillable. So it's right. like, you're not right. really, yeah. you're not really worried about them anymore. Right. Exactly. Uh, I'll just pick up piggyback on that. Uh, mine is just Daniel Stern's um, line readings. And I thought I had more of them written down, but the one I did have was just like, wow, what a hole. And he had just yeah. like three lines. Yes. They're not great lines and I forget what they were, but he just, he delivered them. I don't know, in such sort of a genuine way. Yeah. Uh, I just, I laughed each time. Yeah. I There's one, um, I wonder if it's one of the ones that you're um, thinking of is when like they're going up the stairs and he has to pretend to act and he's like, I can't wait to get him. Like, I don't know. It was very funny. Yeah. I like laughed out loud with that. Um, I have like such different um, oppositional hummers. So I have to pick one. Um, and so I think I'm going to go with another one of uh, my favorite actors who is Tim Curry and his reaction to, and here's the thing is that I think this is like this, uh, it has the potential to be slightly homophobic where he's replaying that video of how many, how like he made out with all of the guys. It's like, and, and Gimpy Mo or oh, yeah. Like, I think he does say something like that. Yeah. But Tim Curry's reaction to the accusation <laughs> of making out, I can't even do it, but it's just <laughs> like, it's so amazing. And I laughed out loud at that. And I just, yeah, I love his face. I just, I just love it. Yeah. So it is a pleasure good. to watch and be with. I agree. Yeah. Um, all right. So it's time to decide. Oh, first, <laughs> I can't remember that part of this podcast at all. And I've been staring at your outfits all pod. Um, I'll start with Philip's outfit tonight because it's really glorious. Um, Philip is dressed as a what I, I mean, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. You look like you're dressed like a New York City rockette. You're right. Yeah. And um, I think it's a really nice homage to the city. Um, you look gorgeous. And then I noticed that you had taken a bunch of bedazzled pigeons to your hair mm -hmm. in sort of a crown, um, much like the Statue of Liberty, but instead made out of pigeons. So I just think it's just, I think it's a love letter to New York. I think it's beautiful. Uh, you look lovely. And I can't wait to see your kick line later on. <laughs> yeah yeah we'll we'll end the show with it um katie uh i see you've taken the sticky bandits uh mantra to heart and you've just covered yourself in uh duct tape or whatever tape you could find and you've rolled around your house and it seems like you've picked up literally everything in there um you just everything stuck to your face you've got what looks like a a silver dollar collection on your forehead and um just you know some like decorative like you went over the christmas tree because you've got pine needles and just ornaments on one side and then you went into a different closet and it has like uh luau uh stuff on it and yeah it's it's just eclectic how many good. silver dollars do you have? I, I don't even. I, I assume even it's just someone dollar. else's collection. All that um, I have is on my face. <laughs> I haven't even seen a silver dollar in like years, and now well, I've seen like so many of them tonight. A, take a gander, <laughs> um, uh, Bridget. Yes, I am loving your like uh, Bird Lady Mary Poppins Charles dickens esque hat thank you that is just perfect to wear around new york city yeah um and your t-shirt 
that of course has, um, speaking of the fabulous, uh, Tim Curry, the, um, it's the, the devil from, um, legend with with a talk boy. And it just says, credit card, (laughs) okie (laughs) dokie. And I love it. I love the crossover. Yeah. I mean, legend haunted me for a long time, Yeah, but no, it's, it's very much a part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. It's time to decide. Is it for real? Man. Uh, I can go first. Yeah. Since I suggested this, um, you know, I already mentioned my love of Home Alone, the first one. I've never seen the third one. And it's funny to me, I've never seen either of these. And I think I resisted because I thought I was going to hate it. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I did not hate this movie. Mm-hmm. It is far-fetched and weird and silly and stupid and <laughs> murdery. But um, it does have a lovely little Christmas feel to it still. And it does what I want a Christmas movie to do. So I'm going to say this movie is for real. Okay, I can go. Okay. I can go next. (laughs) Um, I am going to say that this movie is not for real. I went back and forth on it a a few times. And right after I finished it, I was like, I don't know which way I'm going to go. I just feel it's too repetitive of the first one. Um, It's not really adding anything. It's just a sequel. Um, And it's... The first one has, you know, John Candy, uh, mentions of Sheboygan, polka bands. I think there's just a little more energy to it and yeah. newness. Um, I get it. And yeah, I would, I would just, I just recommend going and watching that one rather than this one. I, and I don't think there's a need for two of them. Mm. So, yeah. Oh man. Mm. Well, good points. Good boy, points. Boy, do I wish I would have gone not last. Um, <laughs> I know I did. That I am. Yeah. You good job because I'm a, I am swinging back and forth as I speak. <laughs> um, okay. Here's what I'm going to say, and it's probably a little bit of a cheat, but what I think is that as a not trilogy, cause I think the third one is just a totally different film. Yeah. It's a totally not part of the franchise. Yeah. As a group together, if you were to merge Home Alone 1 and 2, like the Tilt-A-Whirl in my brain did, I think that that is for real. Like Home Alone as a franchise, even though I really hate the violence and I think it's crazy. And um, it's unfortunate because I think a lot of people probably can't show this to their 10-year-old kids because it's so nuts. Um, Even without that, I think as a pair, as a pairing, these movies are for real. But however... Um, and I totally agree with the Christmas feel and I think it's magical. And I had all, like some of the feels in watching this, but I am going to agree with Phil that on its own, if you pull them apart, which is very hard to do because it is so repetitive, I think on its own, it's not for real. Um, and if it were its own movie, if Home Alone 1 didn't exist, it might be, but it, yeah, it's just kind of right. like, yeah. I don't think you need two of them. In fact, it's really hard. I get hard. it. I get it. Not different. They're just not different enough. They're not different enough. Um, but I will say, and swinging all over the place, um, uh, Bridget, I was also kind of, I wasn't necessarily like looking forward to the watch and I was pleasantly surprised with like how much of the nostalgia yeah. Like it is, it's not an unpleasant watch. And like I said, no. I kind of couldn't remember what was for, like that uncle Frank stuff in the shower. I totally ascribed to the first movie. So, um, yeah, I respect, I respect both of your opinions and I kind of felt similar, but I know we weren't going to watch home alone because 
it is for real. And don't you argue with me about that? No, no, no. I think that's no. Part I think of the I, thing this that, is like my yeah. like way of saying. But Home here's what I'll say: like part of what makes Home Alone two close to for real is because Home Alone one is for real. Yeah, so like the part yeah. of it they that you repeated it. Yeah, so the part of it that you're recognizing, you're like, oh yeah, okay. I didn't. I don't even have to. Hey, watch Home it Alone didn't one rain now. in Paris, you guys. So it's not the same. That's true. That's true. All right, are you ready for my song? Can't wait. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh oh, we lost it. Can't hear it. It's just basically the yeah. soundtrack to Home Alone. Is it that all? Like a... Go ahead, Phil. I was just going to say, part of it sounded like it was saying, like, this is Christmas time. This is yes. Halloween. This is Halloween. Is it, is it all original? Because, like, yeah. Um... It's in the scored. first one, they do silver bells, right? Like dun, it's the dun, main dun, title dun, song. Dun, 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 and, dun, dun, um, I don't well, know. I think they maybe combine a few, a few, but it's it's the main. It's a great. It's a very recognizable. Yeah. It's a great soundtrack. During the sort of booby trap montage that we have, um, are they playing Mannheim Steamroller? And are you guys aware of Mannheim Steamroller? No. I've seen uh, Mannheim Steamroller in concert. I'm nice, nice with some people from the Midwest. Anytime we would go to like drive around neighborhoods that had a bunch of lights when I was a kid, we would like put this CD or tape in, yeah, um, and just rock out to just synthesized Christmas classics. Oh, it's so good. That's awesome. If you've never listened to Mannheim Steamroller, give it a listen. You'll feel like energized and Christmas spirited. I will. I might, I might like run to it tomorrow. Run to it. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you guys for watching Home Alone 2 to fulfill my Christmas wish. I think it was a great suggestion. Um, which was also that I could have Christmas alone and without you guys, but that didn't happen. <laughs> 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 so I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about whether we, we could have another one more pod before Christmas. We don't know. Yeah. Could be a mystery. Who knows? What's yeah. Mystery. Happen. Who knows? All right. Macaulay Culkin. Out. <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs>